0: You're listening to Irish Radio, Candles Home and Abroad. At Collision in uh, Toronto, and Collision has an it's an evolution of the Web Summit that uh, started in Dublin a number of years ago. Uh, moved from Dublin over to uh, Lisbon, then established in North America in Vegas, went to New Orleans, and is in Toronto this year and also the next two years. And there's some Irish people over, uh, aside from the organisers who are all Irish, but there's some Irish people attending. And uh, Gary McDarby from XLR8 Solutions um, is one of them. And Gary was part of the um, group that are in, I suppose, it's, it's nearly like speed dating. They get an opportunity to display what they're about for one day, hope to maybe attract either investors, partners, or interested customers. Gary, welcome, and thanks a million for coming along. Great to be here, Austin. Thanks very much. Did I do justice there with a bit of a description of what this is about? Yeah, you didn't do a bad job. that. wasn't bad at all. Okay. So, you um, you come over to Toronto uh,
1: and you're based in Dublin. We're based in Dublin. We're based in a place called Sandyford, which is just in the south of Dublin, you know. small yeah. company, five yeah. of us, um, but actually many of the companies in the space that I'm in tend to be quite small anyway. Yeah. Um, so, and, and we're in a, a, a space called the, the blending of artificial intelligence and the internet of things um, we would be happy to explain a little bit more yeah, uh,
0: now what I find and I've been given a little bit of thought to this but ironically, when I arrived here 31 years ago in my first job I remember working with a guy and he was talking about artificial intelligence and like that was, that was 30 years ago and I thought this guy was like, "That's artificial intelligence." Um, but it's amazing now that we all understand now what it is. And the Internet of Things, we're starting to get our head around that. We're hearing about things like augmented reality, all sorts of interesting stuff like that. So, in in your space, if um, if, if in your space, if you could tell us what you you do and how you integrate AI and IoT. Well,
1: well, first of all. Just on the artificial intelligence thing, it's interesting that, you say, 31 years ago people were talking about it, it fell out of fashion, it went out of fashion from the 60s and 70s onwards because there was a kind of an understanding at that point that it wasn't possible really to build artificial intelligence without significant resources, which they just simply didn't have, right? Right. They actually didn't even know what resources they required at the time, but the world we're in now, um, you've got vast computational capability, you've got lots and lots of data, got incredible communications capabilities and you've got um, an understanding, a better understanding I guess, of how you process the information to make it um, make intelligent decisions. But I'll honestly tell you, like, and I've been in the space a good few years, it's still um, a misconception in artificial intelligence. It doesn't do an awful lot. It's just that computers and the processing of data is better done by computers because that's their world. And what really all artificial intelligence is, is the ability for computers to detect patterns in that, something that humans can't do, and they're much better. But where it's really interesting in the world today is that we're moving into a thing called the Internet of Things. And I'm really... What that is, is is that it's allowing machines or devices or sensors or whatever connecting to say, the web or the internet as we understand it. And why that's interesting is there is no human involved in this. That's why I call the internet a thing. It's some device out there in a the forest picking up a wind, or it could be on an animal, it's tracking the animal, or it could be on a container, tracking the container, and it's sending that information back into this massive collection of data that we call the cloud. I think
0: it was. RT I was listening to and I think I heard something to the effect that it was possible that some crowd were using drones to um, control somebody else's property um, through IOT because if, if it was a smart house that the house could effectively
1: be hacked. It's probably true. Like I, I, I'm trying to envision how that would work. So a drone would fly over the house and using some kind of network on this, it could connect to the network on the house and maybe infiltrate it or upset some of the data sensors. That's definitely possible. Yeah. And, and one of the things about the Internet of Things, which is the scariest part of it is, is how you make it secure. Yes. Um, it's a really big issue because if you think about it, um, if you're going to put devices that are in physical locations that are not secure, how do you stop somebody tampering with it or messing with it because it's not in an office, it's not on a person it's out in a forest or a lamppost or whatever it might be so that's probably one of the biggest issues of how you do that and that's actually where artificial intelligence comes in so you've got to put intelligence on the device so that it knows when normal behaviours happen and it has to know when somebody is tampering with it right. that's where the artificial intelligence on the internet of things
0: comes in now when together. you said when it knows because the other aspect of artificial intelligence is that there's uh, it's logic, logic, logic Yeah. Uh, whereas we humans are emotional, yes. and we, emotion can be both positive and negative, it can cloud decision making,
1: but it can also circumvent logic positively. That's correct. Yeah, So, so the one thing you can be absolutely certain of is that we don't have emotional machines yet So right. they don't, they don't, they don't. are so not guided on the basis of instinct or emotion or feeling or whatever. It's, it's entirely logically driven, and we're a long way from giving machines that kind of human capability, which we all depend on. By yeah, in our interactions so can you, can machines make very black and white decisions they decide this is a bias or this is a decision or this is the direction we have to go and it's done entirely on a group of data sets that they look at and they decide here's the pattern and I'm going to assume that's the correct answer Right. so so it's a very cold cynical uh, black and white world that the, the artificial intelligence machines are working in
0: so in effect artificial intelligence though as I always understood like we're dealing with ones and zeros us, that's digital. Yeah. So it's either yay or nay. So with artificial intelligence, is it just that it has successfully built a much larger um, data,
1: database of options that it can uh, manipulate quickly? Yeah. So uh, maybe i can give you an example. So say, for example, um, we have somebody that has, you know, but some kind of degenerative mental disease, and they're carrying around them attracting tracking Device, right? And what the device does is it looks at the typical behaviour of that person over, say, a course of a day. So okay. In the morning, they might have a, a, a coffee break. They might go to the toilet. They might have a lunch break. They go for a little walk around the garden, whatever. Right? Over the course of, say, a month, the artificial intelligence will work out, with little deviances, what the typical behaviour of that person is. Okay. That's the data set, the location okay. of that person, right? And now, let's just say somebody dementia and then they start wandering. So then suddenly the device that's tracking them says, Hold on, we're doing something unusual here, I check it with my normal data set or my probability of being in a particular pattern and I say, No, there's something wrong here and then I send an alert back to the, the caring station say the person is doing something unusual, you need to track them, you need to go and collect them as they right? So, so the
0: big difference then would be if I'm hearing it correctly is that traditionally it was necessary for somebody to put input that data to es- <coughs> excuse me to establish the parameters. Whereas, what artificial intelligence is doing is it's gathering the data itself and creating the database
1: and the probabilities based on that. Well, yes. Yeah, so, so, in the, so how would you have done that without inter- artificial intelligence? You would have to put a device on the person, real-time tracking data would be coming into a computer, and a person would be looking at that yeah. and saying they're okay, they're okay, they're okay, okay. What are they doing over there? And that's just an incredibly time-consuming and difficult job to do. Right. It also uses a lot of energy because you've got to send information over the, the wireless channel which tends to drain the battery of your tracking device. Right. But if you put a tracking device and the decision is made on the device whether it's normal or abnormal, the only time they have to transmit something is, is an alert. By exception. Yeah, by, by exception. So, And then what happens is as soon as the exception is detected, so as soon as the device is made of the decision, something unusual is going on, then it starts tracking. So the the, the, the human gets the alert red flag oh my god there they are over here and then they can send out somebody to help. That's a much more cost effective way of managing it and it also allows the person with the illness to stay at home and to have a system which protects them and it's much more cost effective to do that.
0: Okay so now we get down when you talk about someone with dementia or something like that because now we're getting into the application area of how how applications might be developed
1: for XLR8 where are you focusing your energy? So what we do is we build the intelligence. So we build the ability in that device, that tracking device, to know what's an exceptional case and what's a normal case. And it learns how to work out that. So that the learning methodology on the device is to give it that ability,
0: Right. But when I ask that question, what I'm asking the are you focusing on a particular demographic, particular
1: application, particular target market, or is it this would be a cog in a wheel? It's a cog in a wheel. wheel. It's a kind of a horizon, what they call a horizontal play. So it's, it's the same technology to track somebody with, uh, with a, an illness like dementia or you know a, some kind of degenerative neural disease. It's the exact same algorithm you would use to say a container in a port where okay. it has a typical movement around the port and it does something except that you don't want to lose it or it could be an animal on a farm where you want to see what's the typical motion of the animal over the course of a day if it stops moving you want to predict it being sick and you don't you want to be able to and help the animal before it gets chronic right so so in a horizontal play you, you develop the technology and then you go to domains customers in a particular place and you license that capability okay. into an application okay. and then we help them so the data coming off those devices we can build a platform that collects that data helps them do whatever they need to do when they get an alert. So that's what we do. Okay, so then
0: the brains of the operation, and when I said the brains, I mean the software code, you would then be loading that into. Um, you don't necessarily design the chips
1: that's going to contain your artificial intelligence. No, we don't. We, 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 we load as a software, so it's coded. Right. And it goes as a software onto a device that a customer or a client is using in their application. Okay. Now, having said that, when we're trialing something, so say for example, we want to prove to a customer that it works we can build a prototype tracking device say for example a small right. device yep. that has the radio capability and that we can easily put stuff on because it's our prototype device and then we would do that to show them the possibilities Okay. but typically we just we, we, we show the possibilities in a trial and then we license the, um, the software onto their device.
0: now XLR8 the name itself XLR is as far as I recall it something got to do with audio hasn't it? that's right the XLR yeah the yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, Accelerate, it actually isn't my, uh, my name, I, I've i been hired in, well, the company's been running a couple of years, but I've been hired in over the last couple of months because I was in Australia uh, prior to coming down here, and I'm, I'm running the company now with a mandate from the owners to build it into an Internet of Things, Artificial Intelligence. Okay. So, I, I the name is uh, is a legacy thing I've inherited. You know. Okay. So, it's not Accelerate, it's Accelerate. It's Accelerate. The idea would be, I assume, if I, if I chat to the guys, that came up, but the idea is that we could Accelerate a sol- a software solution. So okay. We've we're actually doing the same thing except that we're specifically helping customers um, get into or, the internet of things. Our little mandate here is edge into IoT. Right. So we're dealing with edge devices, that's those devices that are way out on the edge, and we're helping companies edge into IoT. Into okay. That's our mandate.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone is looking to find out a little bit more, I'm sure
1: you have a website, yeah. you have Facebook, and you have all the good yeah, things. Uh, accelerate solutions. XL L- solutions com or ie because obviously we're based in Ireland so they um, yeah, come along and oh, we've got a, it's a very basic web page yeah. um, so then, $2. so Twitter. as
0: I mentioned then you were um, on display yesterday yeah uh, how did that go on, how was the feedback been
1: look it's been fantastic this space that's the you know the convergence between the AI, the AI world and the internet things it's a it's a very nascent space so uh, we, we we describe space nascent as nascent it's going to happen but it's still in the very early stages so a lot of the big companies companies want to get into the space, but right. they don't know how, yeah. and they're actually relying on small innovative disruptive companies to come up with the ideas and, and even the mechanisms to get in, because smaller companies, uh, to be encouraging to those that are thinking of a route like this, tend to be more nimble and more um, they're more adaptable and more able to do things in a quicker space that the bigger companies just can't do. Right. So they go to you, and, and, and oftentimes they'll say, look, we'll partner with you on a trial of this, and that's how basically you fund yourself. You're not giving away equity in your company you're, you're bootstrapping it on the basis of a trial or something with a big company okay. but then the beauty of it is that it works you have an incredible customer yes yes. And, and you'll find a lot of companies in the space are doing that because it's a, it's a lovely combination of a huge desire to get into the space and it's actually the small, the small companies that are driving the, uh, the momentum you know? yeah. it's fantastic for, for, for companies like us, small and all as we are there's a great opportunity so yesterday I don't know a number of big companies and a number of investors and a number of accelerators. Came to us and kind of almost said, "Look, join our program and be a, a showcase of what's possible in this so, right. was right. Right. Sure. so you're going home a happy man? I'm going happy, happy man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to say, this is my first time in Canada. I, I to my shame actually because I, I uh, one of my mum's um, sisters actually lives um, in, not in Montreal, not not in Toronto, but I've been seriously impressed. What a beautiful place! Yeah, man, really beautiful. beautiful place, and yeah. uh, um, I've been many times to the States, and I, I don't mean to be dismissive of the States, but the, the, this is a warmer. Gentler. That's yeah. only in the summer. No,
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but <well> that's true. <laughs>
1: maybe, maybe, maybe I would have a different view. The party does get very cold, right? Oh, yeah. 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 You go underground or something. Is that, is that true? Yeah. No, you go in you don't come back no, out. That, sure. <laughs> no, you don't. You go to Florida.
0: All right, okay. No, it can, it can get cold yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, it is. It's. it's um, I suppose culturally, it's very close, much more closely aligned with how the Irish attitude, Irish thought process um, our Irish way yeah. uh, is uh, that kind of relaxed, easy going way, so in that sense
1: yeah it's very comfortable. Yeah, well, we just based on the conversation we had earlier, like, so you've said, has there been a, a big influence there, the Irish influence in the way things are done It's
0: not a fair comment? That's very fair and that's one of the reasons I do what I do, because um, the Irish are in every part of Canadian society Right. Um, not everybody is aware of it would you go to the head of the, the banking sector and there is her way up there at the top okay. you go to the head of the uh, to uh, the um, uh, technology companies right. and again the Irish are way up there in, in all sorts of SMEs and in larger companies um, And they're, uh, because the Irish have been an immigrant population or an immigrant from your side, immigrant from our side mm. uh, as we know for hundreds of years mm. and uh, whether it's in construction um, like you know the canals were built by the Irish, the, um, the railways were built by the Irish right. so we're back in those times but also um, in modern te- in times there would not be an area of Canadian life uh, right up into the politics and into the Canadian Parliament where you would not have either, I think, it's one, well, at least one minister is carrying an Irish passport. Okay. Uh, her father's, mother and father are from Dublin. Okay. Uh, there may be more. There are certainly MPs that are carrying Irish passports. So, you know, we we are
1: in an integral part of Canadian life. And, and forgive my ignorance, but it's the bilateral agreements between Ireland and Canada. Are they very strong? Like, I always they're growing. Thing. Oh, they're growing.
0: Yeah. And by that, again, um, they, there was a minister here this week, uh, Minister Pat Brain, and the ambassador will announce and does announce that, that since he has arrived... That is the 21st minister to come to Canada in the last two years. And I was talking to the first secretary at the weekend. He was explaining to me that their job over the last two years had been to make sure that the cabinet we um, were very much aware of Canada in every aspect, and they feel that achieved that. Like for the seven years prior to the current two-year period, there had not been 20 ministers. So, um, and there's more coming. Uh, but so it's that that, that when you say bilateral, again, it was a case of we have a big. Uh, guerrilla south of us, the same as the UK, yeah. is there. So that tended to overshadow. But the um, awareness of the Canadian Irish Irish Canadian relationship has certainly become front and centre
1: both around the Irish cabinet table and on Parliament Hill yeah. and, at, and at provincial level here as well. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah no, I, I like a lot of the young people that come through in terms of our internships and so on. Name Canada as kind of the number one, just in Ireland, away. In yeah. Canada is the number one spot they would like to go and work yeah. and I would say in my time when I was that age it would have been America yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. so Gary we'll wrap up it's been great chatting with you, yeah, it was and, great and, uh, you best of luck and uh, hopefully that you uh, achieve <laughs> all the goals yeah. and that uh, if you're back next year that you're no longer in the alpha you've gone to the beta Today, or you've up, actually yeah. gone to the floor yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. taking your own spot yeah. well thanks Williams. Great, uh, great chatting to you. Awesome. thanks very much